0: Hey, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. Today, we're going to talk to Ross Tucker about offensive lines, how that is going to affect fantasy in 2020, which offensive lines he likes and which ones he doesn't. But I did want to first clarify um, that the audio on Ross's end is my fault. I couldn't figure out the Google Voice recording option because I am technologically illiterate. So please excuse the audio, but the content that Ross gives is still fantastic. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the injury-prone fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Poors, doctor of physical therapy. Today we have an extremely special guest. He's been working through the headaches that I've caused him this morning, so I appreciate that. He is at Go Big Recruiting at my front page now. Um, he's at those places anyway, and a bunch of different media gigs, like he'll tell you, such as the at Eagles, at RDC Sports, at CBS Sports, at Westwood One. He's all over the place. You know him as former NFL offensive lineman journeyman and host of the fantasy feast fantasy football podcast he is at ross Tucker pod on the twitters how are you doing ross
1: everyone i'm great man i'm glad we got to connect you were awesome on the fantasy feast podcast last week that was perfect got a lot of great feedback from it you know like i said to you then i'll say to you now on your own show very valuable to get the information that you have related to the
0: injuries for these guys, especially from a fantasy perspective right around now as everybody's drafting. You know, we hit most of the, if not all of the big ones last week on the Fantasy Peace podcast, which is great. Man, I really appreciate that. It means a lot coming from somebody like you who has a lot of good insights Just because of your background. And I did want to talk about that background a little bit if you're okay with it. And Ross, by the way, listeners, he is joining us on a call. He was nice enough to agree to this uh, recording. He's coming back from a little bit of a vacation and he decided to, to talk to us anyway. So we appreciate him for that. And but I did want to know a little bit more about you, man, because you're sort of this this enigma, right? I started listening to you back in the uh, Evan Silva days, which is not like not like it was ten years ago, of the Fantasy Feast podcast. And the only thing I ever learned about you is that you uh, were a journeyman offensive lineman, and you were at a bunch of media gigs. And then at, every single time after Evan was done talking, you'd be stuffed. And I then I asked you about that on your podcast. I asked about how if you if as an offensive lineman if you ever were actually stuffed. So I just want to know a little bit more about your background, man, leading from high school maybe to the pros and how, that, how you ended up in media.
1: Yeah, so um, I actually grew up wanting to be in media. Uh, my dad is 5'9", 170 pounds, <laughs> so I never thought I'd be an NFL offensive lineman, to say the least. And so, you know, growing up, I loved sports, and like everybody in Pennsylvania, I wanted to play for Penn State and the Eagles. Uh, But at some point, I don't know when it was, maybe it was 6th grade or 7th grade, you kind of figure, all right, I'm looking at my dad, I'm not going to be an NFL player. So I wanted to be a broadcaster for ESPN or maybe even write for Sports Illustrated. I used to love reading Sports Illustrated and reading the local newspaper, uh, the Reading Eagle, shout out to the Reading Eagle. And so I kind of always wanted to be a broadcaster. And then what happened to me, was that I ended up becoming a much better player than I ever thought I would be. So, even in ninth grade, and you'll appreciate this with your background, I was 5'9", 150, and then 10th grade, I was foot 170, and really probably would have been a backup all year if it weren't for a senior starter ahead of me getting hurt. And that's why I got a chance to play the last eight games or so. Then I started to sprout a little bit junior year. I was 6'3", ten and had a really good season, which was enough for me to get recruited by, you know, back then the 1AA schools, so the FCS schools now. I wasn't big enough to be a offensive line recruit, you know, for Penn State or the Power 5 schools, and I wasn't fast enough to be a defensive line recruit. So my opportunities were... Harvard, Princeton. I had scholarships to William and Mary in Delaware, and I just thought, man, if I can go to Princeton or Harvard because of football, I gotta go. So, went to Princeton, even there, to be honest, you, I kind of forgot about the media thing because everything's so finance based, it's all so Wall Street driven, that I kind of forgot about the media. I accepted a job with Lehman Brothers my senior year of college, but was able to keep getting bigger and better. uh, Next thing I know, I I got signed by uh, the Washington football team as an undrafted free agent in 2001, and fortunately was able to play well enough and impress enough people there that I I made the team. As undrafted free agent, I was was the ninth out of nine offensive linemen, Uh, but it kind of changed my life forever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would say that it did. That's funny that you are sitting in a position where you're like the opposite of most kids. Most kids are like, "Yeah, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be in the NFL and that's what I'm going to do." There's almost a sense of like romanticism to the to the way that it happened to you because you didn't even necessarily expect it. You just kept working hard, doing your thing, and eventually used it as a ticket to get you to where you are today. So, that's awesome, man. That's 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 a very that's a really unique story, which is why I like asking that question. Sometimes Well, I- Yeah, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. The two things I I always say are, number one, I feel like God made me good enough at football so I could get all the media
1: gigs and have all the podcasts I have now. That's what I I grew up wanting to do, but it's really hard to work for CBS or be the color commentator for the Eagles if you didn't play, right? Yeah, exactly. um, I, I feel like God made me good enough at football that I could get the media gigs that I coveted growing up, that's number one, and then number two, you know, I I feel like most people can't really say this, but I I, I feel like I had two dreams come true, right, like when you're a kid, half the kids dream of being a pro athlete, the other half dream of being a broadcaster, an announcer, and I talk to them all the time, and my buddy's kids, they all say that's what they want to do, and I think it's great. It's just a very, very difficult field to get into. So I just feel extremely fortunate that, I, like I said, I feel like
0: I, I had two dreams come true. Yeah, man, you absolutely did, and that's that's something that you should be extremely proud of. Like, of course, there's a little bit of good fortune there, like you were saying, um, how God made you good enough to get the gigs. But I mean, you had to be there in the first place. You had to put yourself in the right position and keep grinding. So then. What what do, what would you say is your biggest advantage now that you do fantasy football podcasts? Um, and you and you're a sports better, sports gambling. What do, what is your edge? My edge is obviously injuries, and you asked me about that when you apply when I apply injury um, injury injury sort of information. What what's your expertise, and when do you apply it? Yes,
1: yeah, so I would say a couple things. So um, for both sports betting, like the Even Money podcast, or fantasy for the Fantasy Beast podcast. I think I I bring value in two ways. One is what I would call sort of the player mindset uh, from having been there and I feel like that has helped quite a bit specifically on the sports betting stuff on the Even Money podcast Uh, because I just I guess I have a sense for when I feel like certain teams are prone for a letdown certain teams are going to play really well I I just kind of have a a sense of it, um, so that helps with the betting and that helps with fantasy football as well. I just kind of understand matchups and when it seems like you know it, it's going to be in favor of one team or the other. And then the other thing would be obviously offensive line. I, mean, I do offensive line rankings, uh, not this week but the week after on the Fantasy Beast podcast with Joe Dolan from Fantasy Points. I'll go out there and I'm going to do my own line rankings, which we always say is
0: kind of a, a separator, right? It's kind of a tiebreaker. You know, you, you shouldn't be picking a guy for fantasy just based on his offensive line, but if you're torn between two guys in the same position, leaning towards the one with the better offensive lines, a good way to go. Oh, dude, that's I can totally relate to that. That's what I say a lot of times when it comes to injury analysis is – a good example is if you're staring at somebody who has a, a history of, of maybe knee surgeries or injuries and you're staring at somebody who has none and, you know, the coach speak says they're going to get equal. You know, we're going to, quote unquote, go with the hot hand. Obviously, that that nah, take that for what it's worth. But that's what I say with injuries is like, hey, man, if you're if you think that there's a potential for both of these people to break out, both of these players to break out. Um, use it as a splitting hairs argument. I talk about that all the time. Splitting, splitting hairs is important, especially once you get to the upper, um, upper echelon of competition, man, because some of the people you and I play with, and this isn't to sound pretentious. This is, if anything, for me, it's like something that I, am extremely, extremely humbled by the people we draft with and, and bet against and and do DFS against, man, they're sharp people. And so we got to find an edge wherever wherever we can and for me it's the injury for you it's the linemen so you mentioned offensive linemen who I guess offensive lines in general and you can tell me your favorite offensive linemen in the league too if you have a few of them who are your top offensive lines just in general or for fantasy purposes yeah so this year I'm really putting a premium on continuity and chemistry because of the lack of practice time, the lack of preparation. I mean, no OTAs, no minicamp. I think i read where some of these teams are going to have eight padded practices,
1: and it's like a max of 12. That is very difficult. I mean, you are working in concert with one of the guys next to you on every single play, and it's not enough to just do it on a Zoom meeting. you got to be out there and physically do it with them. You know, Right, right.
0: absolutely. You've got to practice that. You've got to work on
1: that. And so the offensive line to have a lot of guys back, such as the Indianapolis Colts, that's why I have them as the number one ranked offensive line this year. I don't know that talent-wise they should necessarily be there, but I think anybody would agree that they're a top five O line. But having the same five guys back, I've got them number one, whereas, like, the Saints are a more talented line. But, you know, the Saints got rid of Larry Warford, and they have Cesar Ruiz, a rookie from Michigan, coming in, and I don't think it's going to be a a real easy year for rookies. So I had to downgrade them a little bit. Um, I had to downgrade them just a little bit to the Saints. So I got the Saints at two, the Colts at one. But in general, if you think about the teams that have continuity – such as, I'll give you another one that went the Oakland Raiders, or oh gosh, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. really talking about that line right now. I think they are going to be a top 10 line. Colton Miller played better last year. Trent Brown played well. Rodney Hudson's a stud. Incognito played really well. I think Gabe Jackson will be back and
0: playing more like we're used to. I just think that they have uh, a really good group. They got the same five guys back. It's one of the reasons why. And I still have an even money betting podcast. I think the Raiders are going to win above their total. I think the last time I checked it was seven and a half. I I like the over for the Raiders. I like Josh Jacobs. I like Derek Carr more than other people do. Because I think their O-line is going to be one of the best in the league. Man, the offensive line. So you heard it here first, Ross Tucker, saying Josh Jacobs, RB1 overall. Um, You're hearing him say Jonathan Taylor, RB1 overall. So go draft him at that position, right, Ross? Kidding, kidding, joking, joking.
1: (laughs) Well, I, listen, I like Jacobs uh, more than I like Taylor. We'll see what happens to Taylor. We know about the offensive line, but it's, he's also a rookie. The good thing is, though, you know, for Taylor, I don't think they're going to ask him to do a whole lot more other than just run the football. And that comes very naturally for rookies. It's the pass stuff, the pass protection, and the pass routes that make it more
0: difficult. Right. That's a little tougher for them. So you mentioned, you mentioned, you know, talent this offensive line is talented or, or the Saints the Saints are more talented but you know don't have the continuity and have a rookie coming in. What so I'm gonna back up and ask you what makes explain it to me like I'm five. I'm obviously ignorant to this. What makes a good offensive lineman and then what makes a good offensive line? So I would say the the first couple things I would look for in an offensive lineman are smart and tough. Because it's really hard be
1: successful consistently if you're not physically and mentally tough and smart. I I play with a lot of guys that are really physically gifted, but if you can't see the game sort of ahead of time or see things that are coming, you're going to struggle. I mean, there's a lot of guys that were a lot more physically gifted than I was that never even made a roster because... They just couldn't figure it out. And it's not a book smart thing. It's a football smart thing. So I think you start with those two. Dante Scarnecchia, who was one of my offensive line coaches, coach Scar with the Patriots. He said you have to be smart, tough, and athletic enough. That said, I was smart and tough, but I was very average. So it takes more than that. (laughs) So you have to be smart and tough. Athletic enough, I was probably just about the bare minimum on the athletic enough part of it. So after that, you know, it's really important that you have good feet and you have good technique. You use your hands well. It's so much more uh, about skill than it is about how much you bench, how much you weigh. Certainly long arms help, but... So much of it is just being a technician. It's like, you know, you will be a better physical therapist in the stuff that you do, you'll be better five years from now than you are right now, just because right. you'll see more cases, you'll you'll read more stuff, you'll you'll have more hands on experience. I mean, it's just the way of the world. So but some guys are just naturally better at that than other guys. And so that's a big part of it. As an offensive line as a group I think so much of it is just knowing what the guys on either side of you are doing and and being on the same page as those guys. Because so often it's a double team up to a linebacker, and you want to make sure that you you both know, okay, the center is going to stay on that guy. I can go as the guard up to linebacker here. But if you haven't worked with the guy that long, you don't know. And so sometimes, you know, you both let go of the D linemen because you both think you to go up and get the linebacker. So it's having a group that's played together. I will always take that group over a group like – always take a group like the aforementioned Saints. I'm sorry, the aforementioned Colts or even the Raiders over a group like the Jets who they're throwing numbers at it, which I like, a lot of draft picks, or the Dolphins, a lot of draft picks. A lot of free agents, but, man, it's tough to put all those guys together at the same time, especially in this shortened year. You're just going to have some communication issues just from having not been in some situations. No matter how much the the team and the coaches will try to get them into the right situations, you're going to see some things in games you've never seen before. And it's very helpful if you've been working with that guy because then you know what he's going to do. You know how he'll react to it as opposed to a new guy.
0: Right, right, absolutely. So it seems like football really is the ultimate team game. I mean, it helps if you've had Tom Brady the last 10 years or if you've had Patrick Mahomes the last two years. That obviously helps you. It elevates a team. But it sounds like from from a, a microcosm of football, the offensive line is like, exactly what football is in general is they're they're the one unit that needs to be a unit they need to know each other inside and out they need to be able to pick up protections and change protections on the fly they need to understand each other's uh general tendencies and then each of their tendencies it's like man they really are the ones who need to hold it all together they're like the glue the entire offense well so i really like that what you said
1: and and i would describe it as Football really is the ultimate team sport, Um, and in particular, offensive line is the ultimate team position, right? Uh, Where so often, you know, you're sacrificing for the guys next to you, Um, and we see it all the time, and it's something that has to happen, so I think that's well said by you.
0: Absolutely. So. I got I, then I got something for you that I didn't I didn't tell you I didn't I didn't prep before but I think you'll be able to handle it all okay. So I need you to rank these I need you to rank these life events, okay? In order for me. Maybe not life events or just just physical things that you experience in life, okay? Yeah. Eat, eating a hot fresh stack of pancakes. Okay? Or a pancake block. Or, actually, I just need you to rank those two things for me. Fresh hot pancakes or pancake block, which is your favorite?
1: Easily a pancake block. Easily. Really? I mean, it, oh, yeah, it's like the best feeling in the world. <laughs> I mean, to, to take another man and to knock him down and drive him into the ground, it's it, its like one of the best feelings in the world. That's—that's. That's, look, I love fresh hot stack of pancakes don't get me wrong but you can get those anytime you know you you really got to earn a pancake on the field
0: okay what's the one thing that you would rank above a pancake block could be on the field or off the field could be food related Um, non-food related
1: i would say um Man, you know, it's funny because that has changed over the years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I would
1: say a, a couple of things that jumped to mind for me would be number
0: one would be uh, winning a beer pong tournament. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, than a That's box a good one. Winning a, a very competitive beer pong <laughs> tournament with a lot of people in it, and then I would say watching your uh, watching your
1: children. Accomplish something that they worked hard to accomplish, or watching your children have uh, a great time or a lot of joy—that's just hard to describe to
0: people, but it, it just makes you feel so good. Oh I mean, man, you're tugging on the heartstrings. You're tugging on the heartstrings. That's that's a good that's a good answer. I'll give you that one.
1: Two very similar things, right? Beer pong
0: and. <laughs> right, exactly, in no particular order. <laughs> okay, Ross. Before we uh, get you out of here, I want you to tell me. Uh, First Your must draft guy You think is being overlooked In fantasy football drafts Can be one or two guys If you can't decide And then the last uh, The last thing I want you to do Is tell me Your favorite Press box food You're a big press box guy Press box food guy I want you to tell me Your favorite Top places For press box food In the NFL And then we'll get you out of here
1: Yep I'm going to give you One for each
0: Okay So You and I Talked about this On the Fantasy Beast podcast
1: but I really like Odell Beckham Jr. this year. Oh yeah, really like him. I think Baker. I, I think first of all, I've had the sport hernia that he played with Oof. last year. I've had that sport hernia surgery. So I think he'll be back, like you said, Doc. I think he'll be a hundred percent, and that's uh, uh, that's the start of it. Secondly, I think he realizes that the spotlight's kind of off him now, and I think he wants it back. <laughs>
0: That's a good way, think, way to put it.
1: I think and I think he's going to go out and earn it. I think Kevin Stefanski, his offense is perfectly suited for the play action and boot stuff to get some deep digs, deep in-breaking routes for Odell Beckham Jr. that he can then take to the house, take all the way, and I think Baker Mayfield realizes how important this year is for him, too. So, you combine all of those things, and I really think that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have a huge year. As for the press box food, there's a lot of them. You know, there's a lot of ways I could go, but the one I usually like to go with is Green Bay. Really? Because you get there, and they have the omelet station, and it's so good. The omelet station is. Oof. And then... After that, so I usually get there, I have an omelet. That's like at 9 o'clock in the morning. Then right before tick, I'll go, uh, right before the game starts, I'll go and I'll get a big, they have an awesome entree, like pulled pork. I'll get one of those uh, with like mac and cheese. So I'll put the pork and mac and cheese together. Uh, I like to mix them together. It's deliciousness. Then they have the best salad bar in the NFL. So after I'll have some salad just to feel like I'm being healthy. And at halftime, at halftime I get two brats. Not one, but two brats at halftime. So you put it all together, it's the best, best box of food in the NFL
0: in my opinion. Oh, dude, at that point you really do. Do you ever look? Do you ever look at whoever's with you and say, I'm Ross Tucker and I'm stuffed? Do you ever actually say that, <laughs> dude? I know I keep pounding no, the drum on that, but that's my I, like my favorite line. <laughs>
1: I, I don't, but I
0: should. <laughs> that's funny. All right, man. Last piece of last last thing here is uh, I, I talked to you about it, and you can say anything that you want. It can be anything fantasy football related, NFL related, career advice. Somebody once on the on the podcast said to uh, invest in a retirement fund. So it can be literally about anything. What's your one band-aid of advice on the injury-prone fantasy football podcast? Piece of advice. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, I've got two actually. Uh,
0: Let's hear it. Number one is the
1: separation is in the preparation. Ooh, no I like matter that. who you are, no matter what you're doing in life, If you're drafting for fantasy, if you're betting from the Even Money podcast, if you're giving a speech or a presentation or a sales meeting or whatever, what separates you from everyone else is the amount of time you put in ahead of time. The separation is in the preparation. That's number one. And then number two would be number two would be it has to be more important to you than it is to anybody else so whatever it is that you're thinking about whatever your dreams are in life whatever you want to be it's not going to happen the only chance you have is if it's more important to you than it is to everybody else so you
0: better make sure it is be prepared and be passionate if you could summarize that is that is that right
1: yeah i like it i'll take
0: Awesome, Ross. Thanks again so much for coming on. I'm sorry for the uh, technical difficulties that I had in the beginning, and then the scheduling. It sounds like I had pretty piss poor preparation before I brought you on, so I apologize for that. Um, you're not at all,
1: not at all. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course, you're at Ross Tucker Pod on Twitter. Anything else you want to plug before you get out of here? Yeah, my personal social media is at Ross Tucker NFL across the board. So check me out there. And like Edwin said. For the shows at Ross Tucker Pod, we post all kinds of social clips, which is great. So check that out. Awesome. Thanks again for joining me, Ross. Thanks again for tuning in, everybody. Make sure you rate, subscribe. Would love a five star. If you're going to give a four star, then don't even bother. Uh, that's it for today. Talk to you soon.